I'm a mama of four. Um, their ages, she's a mops mama because she, her youngest is two, but her oldest is 14, so she's ahead of some of us in the momming game. Um, and she's also multinational, so she might have some experiences to share of how maybe momming happens around the world, which as we know from mops, which is international as an organization, is maybe a little bit different in different places, but for the most part is the same, right? Um, there are so many aspects of just being a mom that connects us no matter where we are and what our culture is. But um, one thing that she um, has kind of had an epiphany on and has then adventured into even business-wise is um, just coming out of the overwhelmingness by embracing minimalism. And so Amber Siebold is somebody that I kind of ran into and around through a homeschooling community north of us up by St. Louis. And um, she does workshops on minimalism, and we asked her to come speak because everybody needs, even if you only embrace a little bit of minimalism, the best time is before the holidays when you get more coming into your household, right? Um, and so we thought this would be the perfect timing as far as the year, and Amber graciously agreed to drive down this morning and talk to us about minimalism and her journey um, to get there and give us some tips on how we can also embrace the idea of having just as much with a little less, okay? So Amber Seabolt, without further ado. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Um, first of all, I have to ask for your grace because I just got back a few days ago from two weeks in England, and I'm still a little bit jet-lagged, so... I've probably not prepared as much as I usually would have. And is this, I'm hearing feedback, are you guys hearing that? Thank you. Is that better? Less, less feedback? Can still hear me? So, yeah, like I said, just come back from two weeks there for a family emergency. So I'm kind of winging it, but hopefully it will still bless you all the same. Um, so, you know, my name's Amber. I've got four. I homeschool all of them. And my older two were born in St. Louis, but we moved back. We lived in Scotland for 10 years. There's my oldest right here. <laughs> Everybody stare at her and make her <laughs> self-conscious. Um, so we moved back when my youngest, I was 33 weeks pregnant with her. And... Minimalism is something I came, came across about six months ago, so I've really, like, honestly, I've completely changed my life in that time, which is um, kind of crazy, really, when you think about it, but I wish I would have found it a long time ago, because believe me, it would have made moving internationally, I've moved internationally five times in my life now, would have made it a lot easier every single one of those times, but I'm definitely glad that the Lord just showed me that, that path and the benefits of it. So, I just want to first of all define minimalism for you a little bit, because I think a lot of people, myself included, before this, I would have thought minimalism was, you know, a stark white room with a single table, with a single vase in the middle, with a single flower, and that's pretty much it. Like, it's, I, w I thought it was about um, deprivation, I suppose you could say, and it's absolutely not about that. It's just about only having the things in your life that actually add value to your life or that are necessary and not all the excess stuff because that just detracts from the things that we actually need. 
So that looks different for everybody. Like one person might value books and they might have a whole wall full of books in their house. For me, I don't want all those books in my house because we go to the library. We have books, but only, what, only the ones that we actually use. So that would be clutter to me. And vice versa, what, what is useful to me might not be useful to you. So don't think that there's like a set way that you are a minimalist. It's just about keeping those things around that are useful to you or your family. So I'll sort of briefly tell you my story. I feel like I could talk for hours and hours, so I'm going to try and keep it within the time frame here. I have pretty much been messy all of my life. And having multiple children and homeschooling them, I'm anybody homeschooler here? <coughs> so, you know, when the kids are home all day, they're making mess all day. There's never a time when they're gone that you can sort of keep things under control. At least that's how I felt. And I felt like I was basically treading water all the time, trying to keep on top of the house. And although I, ne I don't think I was ever... You know, like you wouldn't have seen me on hoarders or anything like that. But I just felt like even trying to keep it sort of semi-passable that a friend could drop by was like impossible because, you know, I would tidy one room, go do something for 10 minutes, come back and it looked like nothing had ever changed because the kid's been in there, you know. And I just felt like all the time I was stressed out about the house. And... Felt like we were constantly just cleaning, tidying, you know. I'd come home, I had some part-time jobs, and I would come home and the kids would have been home, you know, I've got older ones who babysit, so I'd leave them home, come back, and it'd look like they just, you know, let the baby go crazy and throw, <laughs> throw everything everywhere all day. And I just would instantly walk in the door, my stress level was like this, because now I have to think about supper, but... There's toys all over the living room floor, and there's dirty laundry piled up, and there's clean laundry all over my bed because I dumped out the hamper that morning, so I was trying to find clothes to wear, and, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And it just came to a point where I was just like, Lord, I can't go on like this, feeling like I'm fighting a battle every day of my life. And... There's a woman called Ali Kazaza who has a podcast and she has some minimalism courses online, which I haven't done, but I hear good things about them. And so I listened to some of her podcasts and it was like this light bulb just clicked on for me that the stuff is what's weighing me down, like all this extra stuff. And we came, the last time we moved here was two and a half years ago and we had very little, just financially, it costs a lot to ship stuff, especially when you live so far away from the port, because then they have to truck it here. And so we brought very little, and yet here we were just two years later, drowning in it. And I just thought, like, how did we do this to ourselves again? How did we get back into this place where we're just overwhelmed with everything? And so Cora was extremely helpful to me. Two weeks, we basically did the entire house and worked Pretty much constantly, we got people to help with babysitting the little one and took 21 trunk loads to Goodwill. And I have a big Chevy Astro passenger van, so that's no mean feat. I also lined up along the curb, whole bunch of furniture, just put a free sign on it, 
we filled up our trash can like three or four weeks in a row. I mean, I, yeah, we just, we, with permission, I hasten to add, <laughs> we just, I, I think we probably got rid of 75% of our stuff. And it was just like, once I realized that was the problem, it just became easier and easier to just let go of stuff because I started to see that it was what was weighing me down and once it was gone, I felt so much lighter. And a day before, you know, I, I kind of told you, like, I would come home from work and it would be, like, stress, overwhelming, couldn't even think about what was for supper. And now, I probably spend, well, myself and the kids total probably spend less than an hour keeping our house clean and tidy every day. And if it, if it feels really overwhelming to me now, we have a huge living room. It's 400 square feet, and if the living room feels like a crazy mess, I'm like, let's, let's do a five-minute tidy, and we put a timer on for five minutes, and we usually don't even need five minutes, and it's back to normal. And that would have just been beyond my wildest dreams before, because if we did, we used to do a 10-minute tidy, and it didn't even look like we'd scraped the surface, you know. So it's every day is just... I have the, the mental space now to pursue other things and to read my Bible and to, do, to invest in my friendships more and things like that that I just felt too overwhelmed to do before. So that's kind of why I've started this business because I felt like there was a bit of a gap because there are online courses, but so many of my friends started reaching out to me saying, I need what you've done, like, can you help me? And I just thought there was, there was a place for more accountability and more guidance than just go and do this online and then, you know, guess what, you do the first lesson and you never do any more because life's too overwhelming. So if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey, I kind of had his course in my head, like some people can just read his book and go and sort out their finances and it's all great. Some people need more than that. Some people need a bit more hand-holding. So that's kind of why I started doing what I'm doing now. So the time, the I feel like minimalism has really just gifted me time back that I didn't have before. Like I said, the time to read my Bible. I get up at 4.30 or 5 usually now, which would have been completely, um, I would have thought somebody was insane if they told me that I was going to get up at that time in the morning before because I was just exhausted all the time. And now it's like, I, I consider that a joy to be able to do that because I get that quiet time. I sit with my Bible, a cup of tea. Of course, I'm English, so I have to have tea every morning. And when I don't get it, I really, really miss it. And just starting the day feeling like I've already accomplished the things which are really some of the most important things to me, it, it just sets my whole day up so much better. And I definitely did not have the mental space to do that before, so it's... It's been life-changing, not just in how much time I spend maintaining my house and my stress levels, but also in being able to pursue other things. Um, so just because you're all moms, I thought I would touch a little bit on a couple of parts from the course that I think will really speak to you. So first of all is toys. Because, you know, if you guys are like me, even if you don't necessarily buy a lot of toys for your kids, everybody else does. You know, grandma comes home, guess what? Well, she saw it and she just loved it, so 
I just got it for her. And quickly, toys can become overwhelming. And um, I think I would encourage you to take a step back and think that it's not deprivation if you take away a lot of their toys, it's actually the opposite. Because I found that I, what I've done for myself, my two-year-old, I have basically reduced her toys to three kinds of toys. She has wooden blocks, she has Duplo, and she has a wooden chain set. She has a few other things that kind of can go with it, like some, a few cars and stuff. And um, she has a baby doll. And that's it. But I tell you what, she plays so much better than she did when we had a lot of toys because she's not overwhelmed. And so this leads me into my second point, which is about something called decision fatigue. Now, I'm assuming that most of you are gonna resonate with this, but maybe some of you won't. But there are some children especially that ask questions all day long. <laughs> I have one in particular, and I'm sure you can guess which sibling I'm talking about. <laughs> Everything's a question. Mommy, what should I draw? Well, what color should her hair be? Well, how many um, things should, you, should be on her shirt, do you think? And it's like she can't make a single decision for herself. And I started to notice that I was getting really kind of mentally worn out by this constant questioning, you know. And it's because when somebody asks you a question, you have to be active in your response. You can't just passively say, oh, that's great. Or yes, no, it's, you have to think, what kind of response do I have to give? So when that's constant, then it becomes fatiguing. So like I said, if you have a kid that asks a lot of questions, I'm sure that you're nodding along. Um, but if you think about it, we make so many decisions on a daily basis anyway. And if you have lots more choices, that decision becomes harder. So an example. I ran out of Band-Aids and I went to Walmart to get Band-Aids and the section was literally about that wide and about that high. And I was just stood there dumbfounded like, I just want Band-Aids but I don't know, do I need fabric, sheer, antibacterial, do I need the big pack with multiple sizes, do I need, you know, and I, it literally took me about 10 minutes to decide what pack of Band-Aids I needed. And I just thought, this is ludicrous. We don't need a hundred choices of band-aids to buy. And it's all in the name of consumerism, essentially. You know, those band-aids are probably all made by the same company with different names on the boxes. And, you know, it's, it's just any way they can think of to get us to spend more money. But that became really like what should have been a very simple decision if there were four or five options became overwhelming to me. So if you think about that, you get up to get dressed in the morning and instead of, you know, seven or ten outfits to choose from, you have 50. And then so you pick the shirt you want, well now which of my 50 pairs of pants goes with that shirt best and now I have to pick shoes and everything else. You can see how that could be a lot more consuming and a lot more draining on you because you've got more choices. And it, that in itself isn't too bad, but if, if that's your whole life, because everything you just have so much of, that, you know, picking which pan to cook with because you have 30 pans in your closet, in your kitchen or whatever, c 
can become, it can just become to where your whole life is overwhelming. Certainly that's where I was. And it's the same for our children. If your children go to play with their toys, I had a whole toy room when I was a kid and we used to get in trouble all the time because it was such a mess. And I look back now and I think, we just, it was just crammed full of stuff. Like I don't know why my parents ever expected us to be able to keep it clean. But if your child doesn't have 10, to, 10 types of toys to pick from, they have 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 types of toys, they, okay, I'm gonna play with this, and then like two minutes later, they see the Barbies, and of course their little brain's gonna go, but I don't wanna miss out on playing with the Barbies, so I'm gonna go play with the Barbies, and oh, but I need to play with the Legos, and I need to, and you can see how it goes on and on, and then you come in 10 minutes later, and the toys are all over the floor, and you're like, what the heck happened? You know, why are all the toys out? Because they're just overwhelmed by the choice that's in front of them. And if you give them two or three choices, guess what happens? When they want to play with a different toy, they invent it. They're creative. If they don't have trains and they want a train, guess what? That car is now a train, and they're going to build a little train road. You know, that's, that's what you see start to happen more and more. The, I'm not saying to deprive your kids, of course, but think more carefully, maybe, about what you offer them, or even do you know, a trial of, let's try putting some toys away and see what happens. So I'm, I'm, I notice I'm getting close on time and there's so much more I'd like to say, but because it's coming up for the holidays, there's one, one more thing I want to touch on and that's gifts. And one of the things we do in the course is one of our um, discussion questions, well actually I'm not gonna get into that because I think it's one of the ones I chose. So. I'm actually going to leave that, but I want to read you a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Um, you say, if I had a little more, I should be very satisfied. You make a mistake. If you're not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied if it were doubled. And I think that is so true. And if you, if you read the parable of the rich man, it's so clear that Jesus is just telling us that you know, we can't let our stuff distract us from what's really important in our lives. And it's the more stuff you have, the easier it is for that to become a big distraction. Um, so I will just end by saying that I would be very delighted if anybody wanted to take my course, I would be delighted to come down here and do one. So um, I've got some leaflets. I will leave them on the resource table if you want to take one and have a look. Um, I haven't obviously touched on the, on the physical how to declutter, and I think that's because most of us really know how to do that. Um, you just have to figure out, you have to kind of understand why it would be good for you and why it's beneficial for your life, because otherwise it's not going to make any difference. It's a bit like if you're alcoholic, you know that drinking isn't good for you, and your friends can tell you you shouldn't be drinking, but until you want to stop because you know there's something wrong, it's not going to make a difference. I used to be a lot more overweight than I am, and it was the same way with that. I always knew I was overweight. Doctors told me all the time I was overweight, but I had to really understand, like, I did this to myself. I'm the only one who can change it. And I think of minimalism the same way. I'm not trying to convert anybody to minimalism. But if you're unhappy with something, if, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed like I was, then this is something that you should think about. 
and look more into because it might be the key to um, a less stressful life for you like it has been for me. So thank you very much for listening. That was great. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Amber, for making the trip down here and sharing your story. She submitted questions to us that are kind of questions she would be asking as part of her course, and so um, those are kind of what we're going to use as our step-off for discussion time. So we are going to split up now and go to our discussion rooms. Um, I'm going to describe where they are since it's only our second.